0: This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. With pedals like the Snow Day Delay, the Pep Rally Fuzz, the Trash Panda, and my personal favorite, the Science Fair, which is two classic dirt pedals in one, with a mid-boosted overdrive on one side, a black lab rat circuit on the other, and a blend knob to blend between them to find the perfect classic stacked dirt sound you're looking for, it's hard not to find something you'll love. Mark builds all of his pedals by hand in Syracuse, New York, where he also works as a full-time educator. In addition to the super fun graphics on their pedals, Mark also offers custom artwork. Want your dog's face on a pedal? He can do it. Want your face on a pedal? He can make that happen too. Go over to SummerschoolElectronics.com and make sure to tell them that 40 Watt Podcast sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, 40 Waters of all generations, welcome to episode 30. 30! 30. 30, 30 episodes into this madness. But um, I really appreciate y'all that have all come along for the ride, whether you are new here, this is your first episode, or if you've been me, with me since the first four episodes where I talked by myself and it was god-awful. But um, if you've been here that long, bless you. But um, I appreciate y'all hanging out, gonna take care of, you know, some housekeeping things here in the beginning. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, all my Patreon supporters. Uh, you guys are awesome. Got a couple of you guys who uh, have upgraded to the five dollar tier to get all that Patreon exclusive content. Um, there's some starting to accumulate some stuff over there. So uh, make sure you go to Patreon.com/slash Forty Watt Podcast. Support the show. $3 a month gets you in. I send you a couple of neat little things like stickers and buttons, and you know that you're helping make this podcast possible, covering a lot of the fees that go along with this. Uh, you would think this wouldn't be expensive, but it, it costs me a decent amount of money every month just for hosting fees and those kinds of things. StreamYard costs me money. Um, but also that what I like to do, is that 25% of the proceeds from my Patreon go to St. Jude or, well, this year are going to St. Jude Children's Hospital. I'm going to go to a different charity every year. Um, And y'all, this isn't, this isn't, uh, you know, salesman mumbo jumbo. This isn't, yes, it's an incentive to get you to support the show, but more importantly, it's an incentive to get you to support St. Jude. Uh, I raise money for St. Jude every year. I've done it mostly through running the marathon. I've run St. Jude marathon twice. Um, I've run some other races and raised money for St. Jude. Um, I I think I'm over the $5,000 mark that I've raised money for St. Jude, which not this year, not through Patreon. I wish. Maybe we can get to that point one day, but we're not there yet. Um, But at the end of this year, I'm going to give 25% of the Patreon uh, uh, proceeds over to St. Jude, and y'all can help make that happen. Little is $3 a month. As much as $50 a month or as much as you want to. At $50 a month, I'll give you lessons. We'll play guitar together. We'll. I'll teach you bass, keys, uh, I don't know, music theory. It doesn't matter. We'll do it. Uh, we'll just sit and talk if that's your jam. Um. Also, go to our website, 40WattPodcast.com, or go to our link tree, linktr.ee slash 40WattPodcast. You'll find all the links, social media, uh. Our Reverb affiliate link. I really appreciate that. If you go to Reverb, if you use that link and anything you buy on Reverb, I'm going to get a little kickback. I haven't talked about that in a a few weeks. You already buy on Reverb. Come on, guys. I know you do. So hit the link. Not a big deal. (laughs) Jerry says no, but I know a lot of you do buy on Reverb. If you don't have a Reverb account, click that link, sign up for Reverb, and then never use it. I still get a kickback just for you joining. It's cool. It's very awesome, and I appreciate it. It helps support the show. Um, Having said all of that, I think I've covered everything. Uh, Yes, that is everything for now. There's going to be some more exciting things coming down the road for the Patreon exclusive content. I'm going to maybe add some special content besides just extra stuff with the guests. Y'all hang out for that. Um, I'm going to give you my last little preface going into this episode. I am fighting a nasty sinus infection. So I'm going to do my best to mute all of my coughs, but I can't promise anything. So this episode, while I'm not sponsored, uh, this episode is brought to you by Walgreens Cough Drops. They're really getting me through this one. Um, So done. That's it. I'm My self-shilling is over. Y'all go to those things. Today's episode, I've got Jeremy the Guitar Hunter. Hey. Jeremy Shepard. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, man. How are you?
0: I am super pumped to be talking to you because I watched your channel for a little bit, and you do, on a much higher level, what I used to do in like the early 2000s to make spending money.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I probably was doing it in the early 2000s, too.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I got out of it, though, because... <laughs> yeah. It,
1: well, I got, I got out of it for a long time, too, but...
0: That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So... Tell our listeners who might not be familiar with what you do, Jeremy, first of all, you're you're YouTubers, you're primary, what you do. uh, Yeah. And you just buy and sell guitars and talk vintage instruments and not-so-vintage instruments. And So how'd you get into this?
1: Yeah, so the problem that I have, that I try to fix in the world, is that it takes guitar players way too long to find the right guitars for them. And so I am addicted to buying and selling guitars. Every town I go to, I'm going to look for, I'm going to swing in a pawn shop. I'm going to look in at a guitar shop. I'm going to try and find cool guitars. It's just kind of who I am. And so years ago, I was living outside of New Orleans. I was buying and selling a bunch of guitars. And I just looked on YouTube. I was like, I wonder if there's anybody just like showing what it's like to buy vintage guitars. And I couldn't really find anybody. And so I borrowed a buddy's camera. I bought a sixty eight uh, 28 uh, a Martin, and just that was kind of it. And then that was my first video that kind of started doing stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll do more of this. And the reason I was joking you about reverb earlier is that's <laughs> my first video that blew up. Was me saying I'm quitting reverb. I saw uh, that one. Yeah. In fact, it might have been the first
0: one I saw of yours. To, to be I, honest. Probably.
1: I mean, it was like if you walk, if you look at my analytics, it's like nothing, 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 nothing. Two hundred thousand views, <laughs> and then back to nothing for a while. But yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate because I am I'm a very optimistic, like happy person, and that's just 12 minutes of me complaining about reverb costing me a thousand dollars by just having bad buyers for a while.
0: I, I was about to say, let's talk about that video for a second because that that was a pretty significant one. That was uh, for those of you that, that that have not seen that video. I'm his. The links to his YouTube channel are down below in the description. Uh, of the either in the notes of the podcast or the uh, video Uh, while you're down there hit the subscribe button hit the bell icon hit the the thumbs up uh rate and review all those things i forgot to mention it earlier please that's a free way you can support the podcast okay back to what we're talking about yeah so in that in that video you talked about you were selling a guitar and it you had a string of like three buyers in a row? Was it I had, I had
1: two buyers back to back. Well, okay, so I had two buyers back to back on the same guitar, but I had five transactions in a row in which it was the same kind of MO. It was a vintage guitar. Um, most of them were Gibson's. There was a Martin in there. <coughs> it was a I had a 69 SG. Um and, and I anyway, I don't want to give too many details, but basically I had a 69 SG. I sold it. A guy came back and said, "You said this was an inch and eleven sixteenths nut. It's an inch and nine sixteenths. I want a thousand dollars off." It's like, nope. <laughs> just send it back. I'll give you your money back. He's like, no, give me five hundred dollars. I was like, nope. And then Reverb was like, I mean, he's he would be happy if you give him five hundred dollars. I was like, I would be happy if you know, uh, like I'd be happy if I just got the guitar back. So that was the first one. Then I sold the Martin twelve string. And uh, it all culminated when, and this is also just at the most stressful time of of my life, is the day that I'm moving my family a thousand miles across the country. I get an email from a guy who just bought a guitar, and he'd already told me he's happy with it. And all of a sudden, you're a con man. This is terrible. I want my money back. Give me my money back today. And uh, you have to pay shipping to get the guitar back, too. And I was like, hey, man, sorry, can't deal with this. I'm moving today. I I will be out of pocket for 5 days until I get settled in Virginia. And uh during that time he sent it to Reverb. Reverb said that I had to give it, his money back. They wanted me to give his money back before I got the guitar back, which yeah. I said absolutely not. No. And um and then Reverb tried to take money out of my account without my approval. Um so all of a sudden I saw a debit for it was like $2200. And, um, and the other thing with this guitar was that the issues he said he had with it were he, – he had three complaints that there was an old neck crack, that there was some finish repair, and the top was saggy. And in all three of those, if you look at the description in the guitar – because I always write a really solid description. Yeah. And in the description, it's like, hey, there's four things wrong with this guitar. There's a neck crack. There's some finish work. There's a saggy top. It's all been checked out. It's all been fixed. But – this is, you know, a pretty normal, you know, mid-60s, late-60s ES-175. Still patent number pickup, still a really cool guitar. If this was a 335, you'd pay twice the price, three times the price. <clears throat> and um, and Reverb just said, you know, we have to keep our buyers happy. And so they were willing to, they, they said that if I didn't give him his money back, that they were going to delete my account. And I had 600 transactions at that time. And uh, I had like – I was top rated in everything, fast shipping, uh, quick response, all the hoops you have to jump through. And so they told me that they were going to delete my account. And uh, so that's when I was like, I guess I'm just going to explain what happened in a YouTube video. And um, yeah, and so what happened, what I saw – and that was like the summer of 2018 was that I saw – Reverb has been amazing at getting people to buy used guitars. Right. Um, And most of those people have never owned old guitars before and they've never been around old guitars. And that's the thing is people that have only played like Epiphone dots are all of a sudden buying, you know, the reasonable priced, you know, basically the player's grade or the problem uh, vintage stuff. And they get it and they're like, this plays nothing like my Epiphone. This thing's a piece of junk. Then they freak out. So that's my whole thing is that just – um reverb is amazing for clean stuff with no issues but that's just not usually what i end up finding and buying and what i dig
0: well that's a that's a really good point that that probably you know needs to be made again so you used to work in a vintage guitar shop that's what you did and and as someone who's played a bunch of vintage guitars i haven't owned a ton of vintage guitars but because there's a reason i think they're cool i think they've got a great vibe but I'm I'm a pretty modern player, even though I play Roots, Americana, Blues, yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? I like a guitar that's going to set up and play and I don't have to fight some of the idiosyncrasies of a vintage guitar. But that's mm-hmm. the thing. Vintage guitars have idiosyncrasies. They're, they're old and crotchety. And they're, they're, yeah. they, they age just like we do. They tell people <laughs> to get the hell off their fretboard. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> – Yeah. Uh, so you've got to learn that when you get a vintage guitar – the same guitar, same year, same model, hell, same finish, we'll call it. You know what I mean? They're all going to have some quirk about them that isn't 100%. And you learn to work around that quirk. Yeah. And but if you're not into that vibe and you just want a great playing, easy playing guitar, don't go vintage guitar.
1: Especially when you look at like look at the price of custom shops like John uh, John Schultz, who's a really good friend of mine uh-huh. who runs the True Vintage Guitar. Man, he. Oh yeah, his whole thing is like, you probably shouldn't buy a vintage guitar. You probably should buy a custom, like a custom shop or a reissue, because you'll get a guitar that looks like, feels like, but is tweaked in a lot better in a lot of ways, for way less than you know. uh, I mean, look at like a good, (coughs) a good dot reissue. What three grand, thirty five hundred used. Yeah. Like compare that to a sixties. No chance. No. Uh, And then you're gonna get that, and it's not. They're cool, but man, they're still like, you know, they got ready fingerboards and they've got um, old fretwork and the necks have humps in them. Old and, like, pots they're if they're original. They're
0: uh, they've they've you know the tuners if you've still got the original tuners on them. There's there's inevitably some maintenance and upkeep that's gonna have to happen there. Yeah, and you get a vintage guitar like say you buy a '60s, say 1960, which is actually 61. So easy math right here, right? That's a 60 year old guitar at this point. Yeah. Things are going to fail. When you get it, it may be all original, and it may be fun to say, oh, it's all original, but you're going to get it, and you're going to be like, all right, I need to pull these tuners off and put them in a case and put some modern tuners on there. I need to switch out the electronics for some modern electronics because these are scratchy Noi- or dying or noisy. noisy. and
1: scratchy and don't ground out. Try yeah. this and that. And, and so these... <laughs>
0: I, p- things people talk about things being built to last, but these things were not built to last forever. You know, things are going to degrade. They're wood; it's an organic material. It's going to shrink and shift and change. And it's wooden wire; it's not going to last forever.
1: Yeah, and sometimes sometimes they're really magical, um, but um, but they all they lose <laughs> vitality. Right? I I don't know how like. Um, Did you see there's recently a video of John – sorry, of – what? My mind is going blank. James Taylor. Oh. Uh, I'll take (laughs) – okay, so there's a video recently of James Taylor talking about his guitar collection. He's in this room full of old guitars. He's got his Fire & Wine J50. It's like a late 60s Gibson J50. He's got a Jim Olsen uh, from – it's a parlor size that he's never even played. But he keeps talking about how he's like – guitars aren't like violins violins get beautiful and they last for 200 years but guitars wear out and lose their tone and i think it's he is so full of shit there like, <laughs> i it's any i mean i don't know like yeah i don't know about losing
0: tone but it's it, no dude I, I think it's dude who's
1: just it's a dude who's been able to eat uh not like metaphorically He has lived at a level of eating lobster every day. Right. And all of a sudden, of course, you know, it's like, hey, like you have played the best guitars in the world for 60 years. And of course, nothing is that interesting to you. Right. Um, But yeah, I think practically when you look at 40s, 50s, 60s Gibsons, like what he's pointing out, they sound, most of them sound really good. They've got (laughs) got a really great uh, J45. Here in the middle, back oh, behind me, yeah. 61J45. That is, I mean, it's the neck has been cracked. There's three cracks in the top. There's four cracks in the back. There's a crack in the side. The bridge has been swapped and it sounds ridiculously good. Um, so, anyway, they don't all sound good, but yeah. yeah, no, but they're all weird and quirky. And the thing is, like, you can either have a clean, perfect guitar or you can own cool guitars you can afford. Like, (laughs) those two aren't going to match up. No. You don't get to be picky.
0: And especially, just to bring it back to the original, you know, genesis of this conversation, and buying online, you don't get to see and feel what those quirks are. You don't get to hear what quirky personality that this, you know, 1963 J45 has. You don't get Mm -hmm. to hear, uh, you don't get to see... You just read a description that says, Oh, there was a crack in the neck at one point that's been repaired or oh the top split but it's been repaired. You can't really tell the quality of that repair, what it yeah. feels or sounds like afterwards. Um I don't know. Yeah, and, and to bring back to the point, custom shop, you're right, man. Especially like the Fender custom shop. It, granted, guys, y'all listeners, you know, guys and gals, uh, uh, y'all know who I am. I'm a Gibson guy. I love Gibson guitars. Um, do I make think they make some pretty shitty decisions sometimes? <laughs> yes, I do. But I will still love Gibson guitars. I've got several on a rack yeah. behind me. Um But they um Oh, see, look, y'all I'm on, <laughs> on sinus drugs, I forgot exactly where I was going. Just... Thinking about Gibson's now. I love Gibson's. But um they, 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 the custom shops, uh, Fender, that's where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. The Fender custom shop right now is killing it. Absolutely. Killing it. They've gone back to vintage specs on almost everything they're putting out where mm-hmm. they had sort of shifted on a few little things. And I mean, we're talking minute things like material for the dots in, in yeah. the, on the neck. You know what I mean? They're back to what those are supposed to be. The only things they're not doing the way they were originally in the custom shop are the things they can't because they I I don't know either had as bustos or they just aren't available anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so the, the Fender custom shop, you're looking at what? 3-4 grand for for yeah. a custom shop. Uh Yeah. You know how much a 64 Strat's going to cost you today? I don't know because the price goes up so much.
1: The price is a bit, so I I have only, I've not owned I haven't owned any pre-CBS strats personally, but I've bought and sold a bunch, or I've like, I used to sell a bunch when I worked in the guitar sure. shop. And um, man, with those, I mean, they're not where they once were, which is still crazy. Like as crazy as they are, in 2006, I could sell a weird color, I could sell a rare color, 50s or 60s for 50 grand, 60 grand, pretty easy. We could get somebody to just line up. And um, what happened was these dealers, because they were a couple hundred bucks 15 years before that. Right. Like early 90s, you could get, like, the guy I used to work for, um, he closed his shop. And when he did, he sold just unbelievable stuff. Uh, like he had two Gretsch White Falcons. He had just, he had a, he had a 59 and a 60 burst. Um, and he just had crazy stuff. And he had, like, a a, a Sonic Blue, I think it was a. I forget, a Sonic Blue Strat. And um, what he was telling me is he bought it for 250 bucks in the late 70s just because it was cool. And he just hung on to it. And we sold it for $65,000. And uh, but oh. what he said and what we saw during that time was that p- these dealers would buy them cheap, sell them to somebody, then somebody would want. Another, you know, uh, I'm more of a Gibson guy. I want to move into a 335 or a 355. So we traded on a 60s 355. And then you get this. So basically these dealers kept like buying and selling and buying and selling and buying. And what happened is the financial crash in 07, most dealers got caught holding the bag. Uh, And so that's how like George and Norm and Carter's, which Carter wasn't around then, I don't think. No, they weren't. Uh, but, But the family was... Buying and selling guitars yep. then. But basically you got to where like, um, you know, Norm, that's why he has this warehouse of guitars. And the thing is he probably still paid way too much 15 years ago. Right. Um, like him, him selling those,
0: those today, he's not selling them for the money he's got into them anymore.
1: He, he uh, he's probably, I mean, he's probably, and this is total speculation. Um, but I would <laughs> bet on a lot of those rare color, like a lot of the Fender stuff that now is still crazy It's just – it's still not as crazy as it was 15 years ago. Wow. Um, Because now – so I – maybe two years ago, I tried to buy a a 60 Strat from the second owner. And the only mod it had on it was the guy had – there was a big, meaty hole in the back of the guitar kind of above the uh, tremolo cavity. And that was from – he had one of those ZZ Top (laughs) – like the ZZ Top uh, buckle things. Oh, where it's like a yeah. Big so you could spin and the, the guitar? guitar could spin. <laughs> <laughs> and he, dude, it was a weird, weird experience. I I meant to be there at this guy's house for like an hour or two. I was there for six hours. <laughs> and he's like showing me old videos that he'd put on to like, like old grainy film videos of him in Germany playing in a Devo cover band. Um and it was weird man. Oh that's um, awesome. So I offered that guy 14 grand for a Sunburst 60 and he wouldn't take it. He wouldn't take less than 20. And Oof. I'm pretty sure he still has it. But
0: that is wild.
1: Yeah. But all that coming back to the custom shop. Get a custom shop like uh my friend Mark Hopkins who who does the podcast at home with Mark. Yeah. He just uh he brought his Wildwood custom. It's a Wildwood 10 and his is a 60 and it is better than the real one that I offered 14 grand for. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is supported in part by String Joy Strings. I'm a snob. At least that's what people tell me. I'm never okay with good enough. And that's where String Joy Strings come in. They're better than good enough. They're the best. Stranger are making some of the finest strings available today, right up the road from me in Nashville, Tennessee. They offer custom sets, balanced tension, coded strings, the works. If you need it, they can probably make it happen. You should be using StringJoy Strings, and if you're going to order from them, you really could help this podcast out by clicking the affiliate link down in the description or show notes below. You get amazing strings. I get a little bit of that back to help the show keep going. It's a win-win situation. Get your StringJoy Strings today. See, and I am a, um, I'm a big believer, and I just have to have it next to me because I cleaned up and rearranged the studio today. I feel like I'm always rearranging the studio. Um, me too. I'm a big believer at this point, as much as I'm a Gibson guy, and I'll always be a Gibson guy, um, I've got, I don't know, some 20, oh God, I guess, yeah, 20- yeah. and 25-year-old Gibsons behind me. A couple of new ones. I've got one of the newer Les Pauls from after yeah. JC took over and shifted it back to the specs that it should have been always for a Les Paul standard. Robot tuners? Like oh, how yeah. they should be. <laughs> no, I'm all about, you know, I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it's it's a 2019 Gold Top. Love oh, that, that thing. Suck. Love that guitar. And I honestly, I think I, I think I mentioned it in last week's episode with... Mike Piera, Analog Man, I think think guitar companies are making some of the best quality guitars that have ever been made today. Absolutely. And I'm not talking just custom shop. I'm talking the American Pro 2 series from Fender is better.
1: I've got one right back here behind me. I think that that is better than any Strat they've made in a long freaking time.
0: So I've got, um,
1: uh, as I fling things around, yeah. I've
0: got this one. This is an American Pro One. It's not the Pro okay. Two. Um, it's the all rosewood neck.
1: Oh, I was so before you jumped on. I was looking. I was trying to figure out what you have back there. Oh yeah, that's what this that's, is. That is freaking cool. Is that Sonic or Daphne? Uh, Daphne blue.
0: It's in Daphne blue. Cool. Yeah, it's such a cool guitar. I I I got it on a trade because I too am a chronic gear you know mm-hmm. buy sell and trader. Um, but it has made its way into, it's not going anywhere. This is my strat. This is my strat. That's how I
1: feel with this. Like, yeah, this is Miami blue, isn't it? Yes.
0: I love that color. That's so good,
1: dude. This is, um, so yeah, this was like the first like bigger YouTube, like launch from a brand that I got to be a part of. And, um, and they sent me this and they said, Hey, we're just going to let you borrow it. We'll pay you to do the video. Uh, and, you know, afterwards, we'll get you a label. It'll be easy. You can just send it back to us. And uh, afterwards, they were like, hey, your video was awesome. We're so excited to work with you. Just keep the guitar. Um, oh, that's so cool. Dude, it was, It was. I mean, it's like, it's made me. Uh,
0: so on that one, I'm curious, because honestly, I just discovered literally this week on this one. I'm really bad for just now discovering this. Because I was thinking about rewiring, because mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in having a a tone knob for the bridge pickup. I think there's some tones there that you want to have. This one is a tone knob for the bridge pickup. It does the middle and the bridge. Does yours do that?
1: Uh, yes. So I, yes. So it, it does the, I filmed my whole demo and didn't know (laughs) because I didn't read anything. I didn't read any directions. And I also kind of did that so that I would come in with my actual (laughs) perspective. That's a good point. Instead of, like, I try to not watch other people's stuff before I do a thing. Um, and even if I do, like, my perspective is always different. But anyway, I did the whole video before I even knew about this push-push. Um, oh, yeah. To, to see, add see, this the one neck have pickup that. to the bridge. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I mean, if you love tellies, it makes a strat do the thing that strats don't do and tellies do.
0: Yeah, that whole bridge um, neck position.
1: That yeah, that like really warm, like bright but jangly thing. Um, Yeah, the the series.
0: Yeah, no, I dig that, and so I think the the Fender American Pros they're making now are better quality than they, the guitars they were making in the fifties and sixties.
1: That is going to rile I some people up. I agree. Or- I also think I also think Fenders from the early nineties, um the standards are really really good.
0: I I the strat that I have so I was a strat guy. I used to be a strat guy. I mean, I got okay. I got a strat tattooed on my arm. Let me see. Oh I, boy. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I was a strat guy. Um the strat I was playing was a 95 American Standard. Cool. And it got stolen in our band trailer. <sighs> and we never saw any of that stuff again. Oh, I lost man. I lost a couple of cool guitars in that band trailer. Uh amp we lost our drum kit pa the whole 9 yards Sheesh. and it has taken me until now to find another strat that i can connect with at all
1: that's awesome
0: cuz strats are just they're they're that animal you know they're just i need that's to, the, the yeah, to heart for me
1: that's where i'm like i feel like um there's like the four horsemen right so there's like a strat a tele a les paul and a 335 yep um and Everybody finds one or two of those sounds that just is the sound that you hear in your head when you think of an electric guitar. And so for me, it's a Tele bridge pickup and a Strat neck pickup. Like those are those are the two sounds that like if I'm playing in a band, those are the sounds I want. And um, yeah, but it's. Yep.
0: I, I, I feel that way about the 335. Yes. And I don't own a 335. I don't either. I want one. Me too. I sold one. I've got a 137 custom. That's this one right here. It's a 137 custom. So it's semi hollow, but it's in the 175 body shape, but the thinner body. Does uh, it have a
1: Florentine cutaway or is it a ground (coughs) ground cutaway?
0: It does have the Florentine. Um, Oh,
1: freaking. That's my, if I ever do a custom guitar, that's my like, they're just so spicy and so cool. Oh my gosh, that thing is so beautiful! So yeah,
0: I added the Bigsby, uh, just because I like vibrato. I have to have it. it yeah. I think that's from coming from the strap background. Is like that. I like to have it, but it is. It's the one thirty seven custom. So it means it's got all the special inlays and the split diamond oh, on man. the headstock and.
1: That is cool. Yeah, I actually. Got I don't f- think I've ever seen one quite like that. Yeah,
0: I I see a couple of them pop up every now and again for sale on Reverb, but. It did not sell well. I'm just going to be real honest. It, yeah, you know, they had the 137, which is the 137 classic, and it was. I played a few of those. And did not like them. I did not think they were good guitars. Well, because
1: I saw a bunch of the 135s, and they feel like a cheap guitar.
0: That's what the red sorry. one is over here. And sorry,
1: no, you're Should've good. No, more. you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, but that's where. Um, yeah, there are a couple of those that just kind of missed. But I'm sure that they I mean, there are still great ones in there. Like, I think the, um, what's that other one? The Midtown Custom. Those are, like, oh, yeah, tragically yeah. underpriced. Like, look at how much 339s. 339s aren't going for crazy money, but a 339 and a Midtown Custom are so similar. Yeah,
0: they're very, I don't very understand
1: why they're $900.
0: No. Well, so with this 135, I got this one there you in go. the late 2000s, because I, I had yep. a buddy of mine playing... Uh, Godin, Mo Montreal's and okay yeah shout out to Matthew if you're listening, um and I became obsessed with his guitar sound and I knew I needed a semi hollow, really? also like my biggest influences all played semi hollow guitars okay and so I went on to and we'll talk about this here in a minute because we're gonna talk about getting into buy selling and trading and how yeah. we got into this, um I went on the Seymour Duncan. Uh, user group forum, which I used to be really, really active on. I think mm-hmm. a few of those former or members uh, listen to this podcast. And I put it out there in their buy, sell, trade forum. I said, I've got $1,000. I want sell my hollow guitar. Who's got what for sale? Well, okay. Show me what you got. And I got a couple of things that popped up, a couple of Gretches, a <laughs> couple of other stuff, and I'm not a Gretsch person. I got uh,
1: it. an Epiphone Sheraton 2. Right.
0: I'll sell you for a thousand bucks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I got mm-hmm. a couple of those. Mostly over there, though, they're pretty. They're pretty mature and pretty cool. You know, they're not. That's awesome. Yeah, I like the Seymour Duncan group. I still go over there. I don't. I'm not as active okay. as I used. I to I haven't
1: be. been on there in years.
0: Yeah, you ought to check I those used, guys out. I used out. to be on there. Yeah. It's some pretty mature mature folks over there. Uh, unlike a couple of other uh, gear forum pages that I won't talk about. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I that. avoid them. That's I a just... barb that's going to get me in trouble. I think. Yeah, but. So, a guy on there uh, whose username is Rockstar Nick, who's still around. He's still on the forums. Awesome. Uh, he messaged me and said, hey, dude, I've got I got your guitar. Said, here it is. This is an O... Oh, I think it's an O4... O2. It's an O2. Oh, cool. Uh, it's an O2 with Lindy Fralin's already installed. Now, I've bounced a couple other pickups back in here, and I keep putting the Lindy Fralin's back in. Yeah. Um, but this is honest... Honest, hand on the Bible, honest to God, the best playing guitar that I owned before I bought my Novo.
1: Dude, that is so cool.
0: Because
1: it's like, I mean, I love 330s. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably top of my list for dream guitars. It's a 64, uh, 330, with or three sorry, 330 with nickel covers. But this is, like, really similarly spec'd for a quarter of the price. Exactly. And you get semi hollow instead of fully hollow,
0: which exactly. for me that's a better thing. I think it's a cool sound with the fully hollow, but I at the stage <laughs> volume I play at and the stages exactly. I play, I can't control the volume. In fact, the only reason I got the 137 custom um I re- I love that semi hollow sound. It was my sound. Yeah. Um but this guitar because of the P90s was just too noisy on some stages. Yeah. And I needed to get some humbuckers. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, this is still this is my probably gonna be in the coffin with me when I die kind of guitar. This is Dude, this is my awesome. ride or die. Um, but you're right, the 135s are real hit or miss. You can get real lucky or you can get well. The a ones real dog.
1: I saw a bunch of them that had and it was in the later 2000s. Just like the headstock overlay changed to where it looked a lot like cheaper, um, and then they would just be black finishes and they were all really hazy and they basically just looked like an Epiphone just like a swirly black oh, finish. Yeah. It's like they're 800 bucks and we got 3 of them <laughs> and like, you know, maybe we'll trade some Mexican tellies <laughs> for them.
0: There was so you said it with the 90s Fenders. I feel that way about the 2000 to about 2003 Gibsons. I don't know what was going yeah. on with Gibson at that time period, but yeah. that like early 2000s, they hit like yeah. something was happening right in their shop.
1: That's what, so my favorite Gibson electric guitar I've ever owned, uh, what's a tie? I had, I had an O two, 2 <coughs> um, an O two 2 uh, Les Paul classic in black with cream and open pickups, uh, or non-covered humbuckers. And I just, I mean that, so I was really in like shreddy and heavy bands then. And that thing was just perfect for what I was doing. And, um. It it was just so cool. And what always happens with me and this kind of segues into like buying and selling stuff is I just like having cool guitars around. And then I get people that come and we hang out and we're friends and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest Les Paul I've ever played. Will you sell this? I don't know. I don't really want to sell it. I'll give you twenty seven hundred dollars. (laughs) All (laughs) right. Sure. I'll go get the case. So that's what happened. That's what happened with my... I had a dot reissue, um, and it was a 91 black dot reissue with nickel covers. I wish I wouldn't have sold that guitar, but I sold that one for $3,000. Oh. I only paid 1200 bucks for it. I was like 21. I was trying to get money to buy. A, I had ordered a custom Husson Dalton and uh, just needed money. Yeah. No, I feel so, that. See, yeah. and this, is,
0: this leads perfectly in, because like I was talking about... You um hold on, got a cough. <coughs> All right, you podcast <laughs> listeners don't get to listen to that, but you uh YouTube watchers get to watch me. Convulse. You get to watch it. <laughs> it's <just> horrible. <laughs> so uh, I you do at a much higher level what I used to do. So in the the early two thousands, I got really really into buying and selling instruments, um. I've talked about it on the podcast before. A buddy of mine, uh, his dad, who I still think of as a buddy, but, you know, it's much older yeah. than me, had a shop in Clarksdale. So he used to see stuff coming in and out all the time. And I learned some things from him. And yeah. just I started learning to hanging out on guitar forums because, you know, there was, YouTube wasn't a thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of the other resources that we have now. Just hanging out on forums, learning about things. And this is before the pedal boom. So you had like five pedal companies in, in existence. And. A couple of like big boy amp companies and boutique amps Mm -hmm. were starting to come around. Like I had a Doctor Z for a while, and that was a big deal because like
1: they were kind of the first. They were they were in that first crop. Yeah, and you because I mean, do you remember when people were like, "I got a boutique amp, I got a I got a blue voodoo." Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's cool. It's still a crate. I'm. It's still a crate. (laughs) Yeah, it's a high dollar crate. But it's a. Crate. It did look. It did look awesome. Like yeah. it had those lights in the grill. wasn't uh, Wasn't Billy Gibbons using them for a little while? I think. It yeah. Played, I think yeah. It was Billy he was Gibbons. playing them, and then um, Hagar, Sammy Hagar, was Sammy also Hagar, using them. and uh, and then who else was? It, it was uh, <laughs> the guy from Corn. Um, oh. It was a bunch of those new metal guys. Yeah, in the not, I don't 2000s. know the new
0: metal guys very well. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I. That was, in fact. <laughs> I hated both PRS and Mesa for a long time yeah. because I hated yeah, yeah, yeah. The new metal. Um, I like Mesa; I love them as an amp company. I'm not a PRS fan, but that's not because of that anymore. Yeah, they just aren't my instrument. I talked about this last yeah. week there, or, or week before. They're just not my thing. That I've never played one where the neck felt right.
1: Yeah, um, I I played one. I I had one two years ago. I bought out a big collection of guitars. And there was a purple 93 or 94 um, CE-22, and it had, like, the rotary. um, So it got all kinds of crazy. Like, I don't even really know what all that the rotary (laughs) switch did. But I was like, this thing is freaking cool. It looks cool. It was, like, super faded purple and super cute, like, quilty maple. And, uh, And I was in it 800 bucks. Oh, wow. I was like, this is cool. Like, and, uh, and then same exact story. Somebody played it and said, I'll give you 1400 bucks. Deal. And (laughs) I like money more than I like some guitars.
0: Yeah. I get attached to stuff. So it got, it got harder as I started to get more quality stuff. So I started buying and selling, buying and selling. It was how I made money in college to, to like have spending money. Like, yeah, me too. I had, I had, I was paying tuition, paying rent. And that was fine. I was working to do those kinds of things or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, I needed some extra spending money, so I did the same thing. Go in pawn shops. Go in. Yeah. And here in Mississippi, you see a lot of Peavey. A whole lot of Peavey gear. I like Peavey.
1: Mississippi (laughs) Marshalls.
0: Look, look, I will never badmouth a Peavey
1: Classic amp. Those those things are good amps. They're in Laplace, Louisiana. Uh-huh. There is a PV Vintage 610.
0: I know. It's I, been on
1: Craigslist forever.
0: Yep. I saw you talking about it on one of your
1: Instagram lives. And I've I've, I've, I've seen- tried to buy it each time I've been in Louisiana in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how will I get that thing 1,000 miles home? I don't care. But I want, I think it's 120 watts. Yeah. It's 120 watts with six 10-inch speakers in one cabinet. It's a combo.
0: (laughs) Reminds me of the uh, Super 6s by uh, Fender.
1: We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me loading them up on? It it only takes structure. And, And, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game.
0: Yeah. Nah man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you Yeah,
1: man? yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm Y'all trying yeah, yeah. to yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, me, just, me, me, know,
0: me, love, look, we all artists, man. We
1: go you feel me? we gonna have this like me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play we play with this shit I gotta we play with this shit right now for a lot. Don't play with it, take that shit seriously Yeah, I mean this is like a super six, but like hold my beer, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, yes. that beer is a Bud Light. Um, yes, but yeah, th- those those classics were great. There are a lot of those around yeah. here, so you'd see them in a pawn shop or like I still remember distinctly like one deal I found a I found a um blonde, which I think was a musician's friend exclusive, uh, blues junior, right? Oh yeah, played it for a little while. And then some I bought it for like a hundred and seventy five bucks,
1: holy cow, yeah, and That's
0: this awesome. is in like uh let's see i was i was who was Did it dating have the Jensen? At the time I do not remember it's been long enough, but um, so i that had to have had to have been like o five right oh, yeah maybe so those 06. they
1: the the musicians Friend special run were two thousand two to two thousand four, okay, and then in what oh six or o seven they launched the n o s version. For every for all dealers,
0: gotcha well, this was definitely the the musician's friend one had it for a little while, and then the thing for me, and it was always lower lower quality not lower quality, let's call it budget mm-hmm. gear um yep, up to a certain price point. the thing that was different for me as opposed to a lot of people that were out there looking at this gear, I was looking in pawn shops, Reverb wasn't a thing um Craigslist yep. was sort of a thing. Facebook Marketplace wasn't a thing. Most of these pawn shops and small music stores in Mississippi didn't pay attention to price guides or any of that stuff. So I would find these deals because I was tech savvy. I'd go on the internet and go on forums and start listing it on forums. And so I would yeah. I'd find stuff locally for a really, really good deal because yes. Mississippi is a depressed area. You lived in Louisiana. You get it. very similar situation. And yeah. you find stuff for a deal, you go online, you sell it to someone who has a little more means and is willing to pay a little more money for it, you start making money.
1: I think that the you've, you've come up to one of the things I think is the most helpful thing for figuring out what to buy, all that. Your location and the kind of music that is overpopulated and undervalued around you, you can make some freaking money if you yep. can get those guitars and gear out. I learned that, so I grew up in the Shenandoah Valley um, and grew up around bluegrass guitars. I mean, Hassan Dalton is 30 minutes from here. Uh, Wayne Henderson is close to here. I mean, big bluegrass guitars are just everywhere. And you can get, you can find deals on those around here. And so right. what I would find is I would go to Louisiana. Um, when I moved to Louisiana, I would find guitars. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can find a D28 for 1400 bucks. And I would buy every one I could find, and I'd call my friends up here, and they'd say, I'll give you two grand. Like, perfect. I'm coming up in a couple of weeks. I'll bring it to you. And uh, and then my buddy here, you can buy jazz guitars for nothing in the Shenandoah Valley because no one plays jazz around here. And in New Orleans, I could quadruple my money. Absolutely could. And people were still super happy getting better deals than they could find on other stuff.
0: Yeah, because what nobody wants to buy from someone they don't know. That's that's the common denominator though is you know most of these people or you have a yeah. contact with some people. They get to actually talk to someone that they're buying from, yeah. not some stranger on the internet off a reverb account that who knows who Hank at Hank's budget gear is. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But it's like I saw in one of the Discords I'm in. Somebody posted a picture of this this crazy I can't remember if it was a uh, Tysco or if it was it's one of those weird like you know the ones I'm talking Japanese about Japanese 70s yeah, Sears, Japanese style guitars and they posted a picture of it from a guitar shop and they had like 269 on it right and yeah. uh, they were like I was like buy it buy it right now they were like oh please I'd barely give them 175 I said I could get 650 for that guitar tomorrow
1: here Dude, those, are, those have gone totally nuts yeah um I bought and sold a hundred of those I'd buy them for 50 bucks I'd restring them <laughs> I'd sell them to a kid learning to play guitar in the valley for a for 95 bucks right and it's and I would feel I'd feel great doubling money and uh, and now like so my friend Elliot runs a shop here in town called Wonder Records and he just specializes in like quirky early Japanese stuff and I mean they're all just insane now oh but yeah yeah that and that's yeah it it takes like an awareness of the market at large to poke into smaller markets and be like oh no this is a cool deal um you know it's also funny because I think you and I are similar like you've been in it long enough that the like encyclopedia of guitar values in your head we're probably running with some old operating software yeah like because in my mind i'm still like ah mexican strat that's 250 bucks but <laughs> now it's, it's like no those are 400 bu- yeah, it's yeah those really are 400
0: it's it's yeah. the value on that kind of stuff has gone through the roof like the the Isbell strat came, uh, telecaster came out and it's 1500 dollars new and i'm like that's more than an American Fender. No, it's not anymore. <laughs> but but you get the point well, I'm making. No, it's fourteen ninety nine is the yeah. American Pro too, right? Is it really? The... So it's the same price as an American Pro. <laughs>
1: Which I I love Jason Isbell. He is my favorite <laughs> musician. Yeah. And that guitar doesn't totally make sense to me. Oh really? Like I, I like I love I, I saw it, I was super excited about the spec, super excited about all of it, and then I was like that's made in Mexico. And yeah. I I have a hang-up on that. I got you. Um, but also, I'm not a huge new guitar guy.
0: Uh, you know, I'm, I've always been a used guitar guy until a couple yeah. of years ago. Actually, um, let me think back. It wasn't all that long ago that I bought my first ever. I think it was the Les Paul. So when JC came in and they announced all the changes yep. to the Les Paul standard, and they said, hey, you know, we're putting it back to the way it should be. Um, you know, four four volume four pots, a three way switch, two pickups, and good old fashioned rock and roll. I was like, you know what, I'm mm-hmm. in. No weight in. relieved, and I know I should want weight relief because the, it's heavy. But, um, I was like, all right, I'm going to buy a, and then drop the price. That was that was the other thing. They dropped the price from like thirty yeah. three hundred to twenty five hundred, and suddenly I was like, I can't buy a used Les Paul for twenty five hundred, not Les Paul standard, and. I I I'm start. It's taken two years, but I'm starting to see those new price points for those Les Pauls affect yeah. used Les Pauls, like the more recent ones. They've had to come down because, you know, if you I can get a brand new one for twenty four ninety nine. I'm not buying your two thousand fourteen Les Paul Standard mm-hmm. for thirty one hundred dollars. It's just yeah. not happening. But that was the first brand new guitar I have ever bought, man, and that was in twenty nineteen.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've only, I've only bought a couple. I bought a 52 telly reissue in 2009. <sighs> um, I guess my first, and then I bought a, a Martin D 35 in 2012. And then I was in a full commission sales gig when I was buying and selling guitars on the side. And, um, I remember, so it was in like 2015, 2016. It's when oil and gas just dropped, like, the price of oil went to $11 a barrel, right. which the economy across the country is roaring, but I was in a sales job tied to selling to oil and gas. And uh, I remember texting a friend of mine, like, hey, it's kind of kind of amazing, like, gas is the same price it was in high school, except, <laughs> <laughs> except I have three kids, I'm in a full commission sales job, and like... It's really cheap for me to get gas to go to oil and to refineries, and they can't buy anything I'm selling. And, uh, but so around then was when we started looking around, and I just had to sell everything that wasn't nailed down. And I think that's where I really came to like, okay, there are no, there are no sacred cows. Like, there are no guitars that, I mean, so I, I sold two guitars. So the D35 that I got was a gift from my boss at the guitar shop. Um, it was a gift that my last day working for him, I'd worked for him for eight years. I'd put off like I went to school part time. I did everything like I worked full time here and I made at minimum wage and I made everything else work because I just love guitars and wanted to be there. And so my last day, he's like, hey, pick whatever guitar you want in the store. And, uh, and I picked this d35 and um, and so I had that and then I had a, a 61 Gibson j50 that I had owned from <clears throat> that I' bought from him a couple of years before and I had played that guitar a thousand shows um, just played it everywhere I went and those two guitars I was like I have a mortgage I have three little kids I have like there there's no they got to go. And I mean, yeah. it's super hard. Um, it's really hard to like undo progress that you've done, you know, in your guitar playing collection. But that's like, I kind of like I'm Jeremy, the guitar, I'm Jeremy, the guitar collector, um, and I'm getting to where I have a collection now, but I still feel that trauma from, you know, six or seven years ago of like, oh, man, like I've got to sell some stuff and uh, I've got to I've got to move stuff that I am emotionally tied to.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a hard place. I I was at a point a couple of years ago. Um, well, no last year. And it wasn't like, it wasn't nearly that traumatic, but I did get to a point where it's like, you know what? I just moved into a new house, just moved to a new place, needed, Mm -hmm. needed to raise some funds. Um, and so I sold off a few things. I didn't sell off a lot of stuff, but some of it was stuff that I was flipping for crazy, like value. Like I'd had it for a few years and suddenly the value was crazy. Um, and it's it's been to me the place to find deals lately um because amps have gotten hard to move they've gotten so if they're not if they're if they can't fit in a carry-on on a plane basically they're hard to sell like people aren't buying amps like they used to but and,
1: I, I i'm with you yeah i i have a hunch um and i don't say this out loud cuz i'm i have just a tiny bit of and I'm not being facetious. I have very little influence on the guitar market at large. Right. But there are a couple of things that I've talked about where I'm like, I like this thing, and now and now I can't afford those things. Like <laughs> PB Classic 20 Combos. Yeah. Like Most people that sell those put my video on them where I'm like, this is the coolest amp you can get, and it's so great, and it's totally undervalued, and you should pay a bunch of money for it.
0: And now you can't uh, get them for that value that you were talking about before.
1: I would buy one every couple of years for 150 bucks in a pawn shop. And now they're $400, yeah. uh, which is still where they should be. I mean, but yeah. anyway, um, but how did I get there? Where did I start? Amps. buying
0: and selling amps. With
1: amps. Okay. So I think that my hunch is because right now we're moving towards modeling. We're moving towards smaller amps. We're moving towards like club sized amps. But twins sound freaking awesome. They do. And supers sound awesome. And if you listen you know, to this
0: podcast long enough, you know my take on supers.
1: Yeah. Uh, and dude, they're my favorite. If I if I could only own one blackface, it would be a proper super. Yeah. They're just so good. Um, and I think I don't know. I think five, ten years from now, I think we could be looking back and being like, Why did I not buy up all of these as people are going for smaller amps? So that's what, like, that that Vintage 12 that we were talking about. um, or That Vintage 610. Yeah. Back? It's that's... big and ridiculous and boisterous, and eventually somebody, you know... Look at bands like Greta Van Fleet, right? Is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah. Greta. And you look at those dudes and, like, oh, like, I'm sure that those guys are moving some 412 cabinets for guitar brands. Or look at, um... Oh. Oh,
0: Marcus. Um...
1: Marcus King. Marcus
0: King. Look at what that guy's out there doing with half stacks on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Well, so I've got a, because I've got a, you know, 1970 super in the other room that I've had blackface, and that's my, that's going to die with me, Amp. But...
1: I, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have I, to have a big coffin, man. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm. I'm just gonna. You know. I, I'm just gonna have. Just put me in a shipping. Container. Ignore the coffin. Just put me in the ground with them. It'll be fine. Don't waste money on a coffin. It's ridiculous. Just put me in a road case. It's way cheaper. You can get those on. You can get those on Craigslist for a hundred bucks. It'll I got fun- a guy. <laughs> but so to put it in perspective, I bought that super. In so when our trailer got stolen, and luckily we had insurance. So and when I went out to buy a new amp, I bought that. So, I bought uh-huh. that Super in 2006, and I've had okay. it since. So, I've been its keeper for 15 years now. Um, I bought that amp for $1,000 hey, in 2006. A,
1: especially in 06 dollars. That's yeah. a good deal.
0: I bought that for $1,000. I just sold a, a 1969 Super Reverb for 1400 which yeah. which I then had to go back and pay to get a new replacement speaker because one of them had died and it dude, was dude that's what that's what happened I
1: I had a sixty seven <coughs> I forget it's been a couple of years I had a sixty seven that I actually found here drove with I had a friend coming to Chattanooga I drove up to Chattanooga I got it I brought it back to New Orleans I fixed it up and I put it on reverb and I sold it to a dude in Richmond Virginia. <laughs> it would have just stayed there it would have been an hour and a half apart Uh, and i did the only time i ever you remember those like reverb videos where they're like how to ship an amp oh yeah take out all the tubes put them in a separate box i was like ah that doesn't make sense but i'll try it so i did that and literally the guy sent me a picture and it was just like the box had been so smashed that it was just like, it looked like confetti, oh, like what my gosh. used to be these NOS tubes. And Reverb was like, Well, why did you take the tubes out? It was like, Your freaking videos. You are the <laughs> ones that told me. Yeah.
0: I, I still so, take the tubes out, but I do this crazy, insane thing where I take the tubes out, individually wrap them in bubble wrap. Yeah. Then I wrap them all in bubble wrap and then put yep. them in their own smaller box in the back of the amp. So.
1: But it's still like in the cavity of the Yeah. yeah. So that's what that's what I didn't do because there wasn't enough room because the four tens, all of that. Oh yeah, yeah. So I did it and it was on the side and somehow it just Yeah got smashed. But that was anyway, all that coming back. I I don't want to say for sure, but I think my hunch is that people like loud amps. Like there's coming a day where you're gonna want that two twelve cap. Like, I've cleaned up buying Mesa two twelves. Like, anytime I can find them, I can sell those for five fifty, six hundred bucks. Yep. And so if I can get them for four hundred bucks and hang on to them, and they sound awesome, and they're amazing quality, and they pack such a punch. I've got a and, um,
0: I've got an Avatar two twelve right yes. now. Yes. Uh, that I've got listed on Reverb. For a price that i would take for it today yeah but if it does not sell does not hurt my feelings because i i have the same feeling that you do that big amps are coming back in um oh to wrap up the super story uh super reverbs y'all i, I don't don't do it i feel i feel like i'm, I'm like you i don't want to tell people to do it but y'all go buy a 65 blackface super reverb right now because you can find them if you're patient and you look you can find them in great condition with original speakers for fifteen hundred dollars. All day. Yeah. You, you now there you're gonna you're gonna find some folks who are asking crazy money. You are, but don't don't go for that two thousand thousand plus. You fifteen yeah. sixteen hundred dollars. You're gonna get a sixty five blackface amp that sounds incredible. And if anybody doubts me how good supers sound, the Dumble was created to replicate the sound of a super. Literally. About that. Alexander Dumble heard Robin Ford playing a tube screamer into a super reverb, blackface super. And that's what inspired him to create Dumble the Dumble amps that we all know and love. They're designed to sound like Robin Ford into a super reverb. So, uh, you know, don't go, that's amazing. don't go look for a freaking $125,000 Dumble, just buy a $1,500 su- vintage super reverb.
1: And, Where- but even like you can find the reissues, um, and they're they're not terrible.
0: No, they're good. And you can find those sub a thousand dollars used. Yeah,
1: you can find those if you're if you're lucky. You can find them five hundred bucks, six hundred bucks, yep. you know, seven eight. Or you know, like there's this one Facebook not, ad up that's
0: up right now, and this woman has one in a road case, and she's selling it as antique amplifier. Yes, and she wants like nineteen hundred dollars. I'm like, it's hey. got a, it's got an IEC plug. It's it's a reissue. It's she yeah. doesn't know though. But bless I her, think
1: bless her heart. Bless her
0: heart. I think big amps are coming back too. I I don't know if you saw my Instagram post a couple of days ago. I posted pictures of mine. I, I bought a, a divided by thirteen. Uh, awesome. For it's a thirty nine watt Marshall style amp. What's um, that?
1: Do you remember those? So years ago, Ernie Ball was it? No, Ernie Ball. No, uh, Electro Harmonix. Electro Harmonix sent out a bunch of like DVDs, like in magazines and mailers. That's the first place I remember hearing about divided by thirteen. Um, I remember them just because
0: in the nineties it felt like everyone played a divided. Everyone who was anybody, um, yeah, like Matchbox Twenty, Alanis Morissette's guitarist was playing them. and okay. I'd see them on other stages, and it was like, they were for me in the nineties. Um, this is a weird mix. Like everybody had their like the amps they aspired to. Like when mm-hmm. the for in the two thousands for me. Because I didn't take up guitar until nineteen ninety nine, so I was I was a late starter on guitar. Okay, me um, too. But in the mid two thousands, the amps I was looking at were Mesa Boogie divided by thirteen and um, Matchless, because they were still you yeah know, pretty pretty regular price back then. Yeah, well, regular price, but way more than I could afford at the time. <clears throat> I was still paying playing my PB Classic fifty back then. I'm pretty sure. But and I've and I've got um a two rock which is like an in game amplifier to me. Uh, got the traditional. Clean. Dude, I want
1: I want a two rock.
0: I I That's hunted and hunted, found the right deal. Um, I I had to order a two twelve cab and it actually came in today. And I actually was Whoa. bummed. I was bummed because. That I got it in and I ordered it from a shop. Now they're fixing this. So there's, there's not, a, there's not a sad ending to this. There's just a delayed gratification. They sent me one that okay. matches a different model's at cosmetics. So I'm. Um, oh, okay. But I think things like this are the game changer. I think. Yes. I think that's a Captor like X. Captor X or the Oxbox or the Waza Tube Amp Expander. Pick, pick your poison. Yeah. Um, uh, Two Notes has several. Um, Sir has a few. I think though these things are changing the game for big amplifiers again. Yeah. People can use I,
1: them. I had I had a Tone King Imperial Mark II that had an Iron Man in it. Yep. So that's not the digital side, but it's the attenuation. Yeah. And all of a sudden that's when I was like, Whoa, you can not blow out yours. Cause I so I played in a bunch of pop punk bands and then I got into metal bands and hardcore. And so I was in like super heavy, loud play basement <sighs> shows for a long time. And by my mid, by my mid twenties, I was starting to notice I get a lot of buzzing. I get a lot of weird stuff happening. And so now like I'm, I'm all hearing protection all the time. Yeah. If it's like, it either has to be quieter or I've got to have, you know, earplugs in. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's what makes the difference. Like the attenuation on the Iron Man's much better. It's much more variable. But even like the middle setting, which I think is something crazy, like negative 20 decibels on these, like the middle setting, even like the highest setting is like it is attenuated at the full. It says full, but it's not. I think it's like a negative three. Um, Okay. And then like, but at negative 20, I can take my hundred watt amp. I can get it where I want it. I've got um, a couple of IRs I love they're running to front of house and they feed that back into my monitors. So now I've got a little bit in front of me. I've got the amp still behind okay, me. Okay, so you got you got stage volume, yeah. some stage of
1: volume coming from the amp.
0: Yeah, it's just and it's worked beautifully on the, so some good. of the tiniest stages that I've played and the biggest stages I've played with it. So I think that's the game changer. I think big amps are are back in. And I think anyone who doesn't think. right now so, they're dirt cheap.
1: Dude, okay, so here's here's my, and I, I say this all the time, people always come to me and they're like, what is the next thing that's going to be big? What should I buy now that will be, and it's a little bit like reading tea leaves, but I've been in this game long enough to know that there's this 30-year window between people in high school playing guitars and people without, you know, with kids out of college and they're married and they're, you know, all of a sudden they've got way more time than they've ever had feeling nostalgic, right? And so it's always, and so for the last couple of years, I've been like, if you are not buying up uh shreddy locking trim, you know, funky fluorescent color guitars, you're going to miss it. And people are like, no, these are dumb. I'm not going to buy them. And now look at freaking John Mayer. Like that blows my mind. Like if think about 20 years ago, if someone would have told you and I like, Hey, in 20 years, John Mayer is going to cause a short <laughs> He's going to cause a run (laughs) on Shreddy Ibanez guitars and Jacksons. And uh, yeah, so that's where. So I think the next phase is going to be, and we're already starting to see it, is all of those like, uh, I think Day Armand's Guild. Yep. I think all those funky alternative guitars from the early 90s are going to start coming back.
0: Yep. There are Guild just reissued one of my favorite models of all time, the Jetstar. Um, I my sister played a De Armin version of it for a while, and I wish we still have it. Had it. it, yeah. But um, it was it was a guitar of choice of Muddy Waters. That's about all the um, that is so that's cool. all the endorsement I need. So
1: yeah, man,
0: yeah. I I think that's going to be the way things go. I think we're seeing it. I missed the Shreddy guitar by a day. This is uh, literally that shop in Clarksdale I was talking about. Yeah. One hung in a, a road cone orange or road flare orange, <laughs> five RG 550 hung in that shop for must have been four and a half years for I think it had a price of $250 on it.
1: Oh, my gosh. And, and I bet. Yeah. And I, like, I didn't buy it. Give me it 175 bucks and get this thing yeah. out of here. And
0: then I was like, finally, one day I was like, you know what? I want a shred stick. I there. There's that one up there. I'm gonna go grab uh-huh. it. Went up there to buy it. It had sold the day before, literally yeah. the day before. I was like, son
1: of a. But yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and now try to yeah. try to get a road flare orange RG550.
1: Just try. So a f- a friend of mine was in a band called Brand New Disaster. They were like straight <coughs> post punk, like um, shreddy mathy stuff in the early 2000s. And, um, they did a show, it was their 500th show and they had, a, they were doing an album release and they were doing a giveaway. Like if you bought a record, you got a ticket to do a giveaway. And he gave away a fluorescent yellow RG 650. Um oh. and it was, and he, at the time he's like, it's just this worn out guitar. I've played it for uh, 500 shows. I'll give it away. You know, we'll sell this record. And, uh, the band broke up about a month later. <laughs> and like i remember like some girl that like some girl who kind of played guitar which that's great i'm excited but uh i didn't win it and i really wanted it but it's <laughs> hey. um but it's one of those like at that time you're like oh that's a cool 150 fifty dollar gesture and now it's probably yeah. a 1500 hundred dollar guitar God,
0: it's, it's insane it doesn't yeah. make any sense
1: yeah i think it's so it's really tricky like i i I think the problem is don't... I do not buy guitars for future values. I buy guitars that are worth more right now. Yeah, because and you can't
0: predict. It, you want to try to, no way. and you can try to predict that wave and that movement, but well, just like we're predicting big amps, that very well may not happen. It may not happen. No, I think it's going to, though, but it may not happen.
1: Yeah, and but I think also like what you and I are factoring in is... It's a couple hundred bucks. Like if I can get if I can get a twin, a seventies twin for four hundred bucks, I don't care that much. Yeah. You know, if it becomes a two hundred dollar amp in ten years. Like, well, I'll just write off that two hundred bucks I rented this cool amp for a couple of years. And I pissed off my neighbors with it. (laughs) Shattered a
0: few windows, you know. Yeah. Made a few dogs howl.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ended some marriages because they couldn't see. one of the biggest things for me is like I have this deep love for guitars and de- and desire to have more guitars, but it has to be third in my affections. Like my wife, like I have to give a good life to my wife and take care of her and fulfill promises to her. And I have to be good to my kids and help prepare for their college. And, and so for me, I'm like, I love guitars, but they can't even be in the top three, really.
0: Right. Like,
1: so that's <laughs> where I'm like. I have to figure out a way for this to be good. So that means I rarely ever buy new guitars um, because they're new not likely dollars. to go
0: up in value. No,
1: no, no. I bought um, that.
0: I bought that Firebird that's behind me new recently, but I got a really good deal on it because I know the guys at the shop. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I really like that one. But yeah, but it's not going to go up in value. Most likely. Most likely. I'm going to say likely. <laughs>
1: Oh man. So the other calculation I've started doing is like when people are like, I only paid sixteen hundred dollars for this guitar twenty-five years ago. And then you're like start adjusting that number for inflation. Like even if that number it just kept up with dollars f- for dollars, <laughs> right? It's like, well, you actually have twenty three hundred dollars in that thing or, <laughs> like, <laughs> or that's I... what okay. Cause that's the thing that blows my mind. So last summer I bought a sixty seven Martin D twenty eight. And the guy paid four hundred dollars for it in sixty seven, right? Um, and if you do the math, four hundred dollars in sixty seven adjusted for inflation is thirty eight ninety nine in today's dollars. How much is a Martin D twenty eight right now? They're thirty eight ninety nine. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and, and what uh, you want
0: to do is you want to tell them, you know what? If if you're playing that long a game, you should have put that money in the stock market. Yes, and just sat on it.
1: You'd have had a that's lot a,
0: more money than $38.99.
1: That's why, like, I think go full-blown Dave Ramsey on on your financial world. That's the only way I get to do what I'm doing now. Like, we have no debt other than our house. Right. And so for me, I'm like, we can, you know, we can make it work. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's something think, I'm working yeah. on, the debt thing. I don't have a lot. I
0: don't have a whole lot. Uh, student loans and, uh, yeah. and house and car, but... Uh, we have credit cards, but we don't overly overly spend on them. Uh, we just took a trip to uh, Omaha to the College World Series. I'm sorry, guys, sports. I know it's not... Guitar World usually doesn't <laughs> talk sports, but got a little bit of our expenses on there, but they're going to be taken off here soon. But mm-hmm. don't go into yeah, debt I, I think, for guitars. Just don't do it. Do not. I'm, I'm, a, belie- a, I'm a big believer the other thing in... Is like... Well, I was going to say I'm a big believer in if if you're playing and you like i'm not going to tell someone else their financial business and if you can get it and you know you can pay it off and it's no interest then i'm sort of like okay that's not as big a deal to me yeah um but that's assuming you're going to pay it off like i've bought i bought that les paul on no interest financing right yeah paid yeah, it yeah, off yeah. no big deal as long as you're not spending extra money because if you're spending yeah. extra money on it you're wasting your money
1: yeah now i i think um, we tend to undervalue risk. And so you're like the risk of like, for me, when I was in a full commission sales gig, it's just like, I don't know. I'm only ever as good as my last commission. So I'm not going to borrow money on the future. Like, yeah. um, but I think also, um, and this is anecdotal. It's just my own experience, but my experience is like, I buy guitars at a slower pace, but I get to keep all of them. Like, they're coming and going on my terms. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like coming out of that conversation we had earlier, which is like when just our whole world got crazy financially and I had to sell two of my most dear guitars. Um, that was when it's like, oh, we had done a couple things that outpaced our spending and we were committed to stuff and I had two car payments and I, you know, like... <coughs> so that's where there's this this kind of voice in my head of like, never again, like let's get in a financial place where right. this is like fun and causes my family to like, it benefits my family and I get to play really freaking cool guitars.
0: I've I've had that conversation with myself about we're not outpaced. And that's the other thing is you got to know your pacing and, yep, you know, and working sales. That's a, that's a crazy world that I'm glad I don't do. I work in a, a much more stable field. Yeah. Um, where things have really got to go haywire for me to be too insecure but every no one is hundred percent secure let's be honest you know you can't no, be no, you're no. weighing that risk but I've done that math with myself I'm like all right if I had to go down to a guitar or two guitars mm-hmm. and an amp can I do it and absolutely could and you know that's the way I look at a lot of this stuff it's like two rock for example that's a dream amp for me it's right here off screen I know nobody yeah. can see it but um it's a dream amp for me but if things got tight it'd be one of the first things to go because i don't need that mm-hmm. my my super can do everything i needed to do every gig that i've ever needed to play i can take that super and that's it that's the only amp i need yeah um same thing with the the divided by 13 or like um that strat i love that strat but if i needed to sell it i could sell it and and it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't destroy me i love that guitar but Again, Fender's making some of the best guitars they've ever made. I can get another one down the road. That's not a yeah. end of the, my end of the line guitar. Like probably that one thirty five wouldn't go mm-hmm. anywhere, and uh, my Novo wouldn't go anywhere. This is yeah, this and we is. haven't
1: talked about Novos, which I that's <laughs> I want a Novo, um, and you know, so I was supposed to go hang out so. Um, I left a full-time job as a marketing director in February of 2020, which (laughs) with benefits for my family, a good match in my retirement. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try YouTube. I'm going to go full and, uh, (laughs) we made it so didn't die, but it got real crazy for a while. Yeah, I bet. Um, But, uh, so one of the first things I was supposed to do, I was supposed to go to the, um, so the Greenville, no, sorry, the Asheville guitar show with John Schultz from True Vintage. We were going to hang out. We were going to make a bunch of YouTube videos. We were both driving to the guitar show and it got canceled. And my plan was after Asheville, I was going to go over to Nashville and hang out with the dudes from Novo and film a video with them. And that also didn't happen. And so we're now like a year and a half later. Uh, and uh, and so I have a bunch of family in Nashville, and um, so we we're in Nashville three times a year for about a week or oh, two cool. weeks at a time. So that's where like I want to go. But tell me more about your Novo. I I lived in Murfreesboro for a couple of years actually. And, oh, cool. Uh, uh,
0: I love Nashville. It's like second home to me. I would not hurt yeah. my feelings to retire to that area of the country. Not Nashville. It's gotten too big, and so is Murfreesboro. But Central Tennessee ish. Yeah. I love that. Love that living. But um. This, uh, I'm hoping, I'm going to Nam is next week. This this episode, by the way, y'all, we were recording on Wednesday before this episode airs. It's going to go out tomorrow morning. um, Which means I'll be up tonight editing. Um, I'm hoping to go well, buy Novo since I was not able to pick this up in person. I ordered this in August of last oh, year. Oh, so cool. Um, it's gold, top gold with 3 the sunburst. saris Yeah, this is the Saris J. So it's got the Mastery. Um, and I I went whole hog. I went you know color over color. So I've got the three tone yeah. sunburst with gold top over it. Um, I bought secondhand some of Malfotano pickups to put in here. Um, a guy in the Novo cool. group, uh, shout out Will uh, in the Novo group on Facebook, was sold them to me very cheaply, very very cheaply. Like he should not have sold them to me this affordably, but I'm very Man. thankful he did. Um, I did blocks and binding uh cuz i think that is i think cool. it should be bound and blocked cuz it just looks good and yeah. and this is my i talked about it on the podcast before so those of you who listened to it before this is my homage to my love for both fender and gibson the three tone sunburst good, color over it's color third way. yeah the gold tops the whole gibson thing um yeah. then the headstock is very gibsony to me with the color scheme yeah uh, gold over black the black and gold yeah um but i love this guitar it is the i my last gig, which was a week ago, a little over a week ago now, <clears throat> I um. That was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I'm there getting, was a cough, and you didn't even. Just... <laughs> I'm getting good at this. <laughs> um, I um, I last gig I played, I took just I took this guitar, and I can't tell you the last awesome. time I did one guitar to a gig. Yeah, um, and this was it. So I know for a fact that I don't need any of this other stuff behind me. Well, an acoustic, I still need an acoustic, but. Um, you need a couple of yeah. I've I've got, uh, this one is a Larrivee D O five. Love it, love Larrivee. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, this one right here. I'm not good at pointing behind me like this. That's a Gibson J fifteen.
1: Hey, uh, so love a, those. Yeah, they're really good. They're, and Gibson, uh, my my recent like, what the hell, Gibson is them <laughs> like, like why would you kill the J fifteen? It yeah. is the best guitar they made under
0: $3,000. Well, they didn't totally kill it. They call it a J45 Studio now. It's basically the same guitar. Okay, The scale is different, though. The size is different. That's really? A, that's a bigger guitar than the J45 Studio. The what? J15 is actually the size of a J45. I didn't but think it's... it was, but a buddy of mine bought a J45 Studio, so I brought mine over to compare them, and sure enough, mine's bigger. It's just got a bigger body. What? Um, I know it it didn't make sense. Did not make sense. Okay. But I love the Laravi Um, had yeah. that one for a little while. We were in talks with a uh record label for a little while and we were given a little money from a benefactor to buy guitars in a band that I was in. and awesome. uh, That was the one I bought. I think I'm the only member of that band that still has the guitar they bought with the money they gave them. Wow. I love that. D- layer. Those
1: are Dude, those are freaking sleepers. They oh. are so good.
0: Once again, another guitar you can get affordably used because not everybody understands how good they are. Quality rivals anything that Martin yes. and Gibson are putting out.
1: If you can get a DO3... I mean DO3s are up to twelve hundred bucks now, a thousand bucks. Yeah. I that's another one that I like unfortunately affect I bought every one I could find in New Orleans. Whoever was selling those in the early two thousands in New Orleans did a great job to people <laughs> that did not continue playing guitar. And I bought them for three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. And I would just double and triple my money. And they're amazing guitars. Yep. Um, I bought a DO3 that I actually sold to a friend here in the valley. And, um, it is every bit as good as a Martin D 18, like mahogany back inside, spruce top, like a cannon, ebony bridge, ebony fingerboard. That's how I feel about that one. That's my D 18.
0: I don't need a D 18 because I've got that.
1: Exactly. Um, Now, is that, is that a Yammer hall 12 string back there? That, that is. So local shop here in Starkville has this really, I didn't know you're in Starkville. Yeah. I'm in Starkville.
0: Uh, here, Okay. You know, Mississippi State University just won yeah. the College World Series. That's why I was over there in Omaha last week. Awesome. Uh, or, yeah, last week. Uh, sorry, it's all blurring together to me. But So this Yamaha 12-string, the the local store here in town, Backstage Music, does a community-like yard sale day. I don't know what to call it. I forgot what okay. they called it. But in, like, the first weekend in June every year. They didn't do it last year, which was my first June in Starkville. I moved here in February of last year. Okay. Um, took a new job February of last year. Yeah, um,
1: just so, under the wire.
0: Just under the wire because I was in Hattiesburg before then. Well, outside of Hattiesburg, but so you say Starkville, mm-hmm. but you don't say Hattiesburg. No, it's Hattiesburg. I, I, I don't know. It, man. Some of them do say Hattiesburg. Heard, it's funny because someone just posted a picture. Like old
1: guys say Hattiesburg.
0: They um. Someone just posted on the side from the side of a building down there. They just been. I think it's just been built, and they had painted the name Hattiesburg on the side of it, but they left out the E, so it was Hattiesburg. <laughs> they just painted yeah. it like everybody says it. Hatties. But, um, yeah. so they do a day where they invite the community to come, set up outside, sell your stuff. Yeah. What have you got that you want to awesome. sell? No seller fees, nothing like that. Uh, just come. What have you got to sell? And then it also gives them a chance to clear out some stuff in the back room, some beater junk, mm-hmm. maybe some repair work that didn't come get picked up, that kind of stuff. Well, that was sitting on their front porch yeah. for twenty dollars. Whoa. Twenty dollars. And um, hold on. It um it needs a whole lot of work still. Um I did my best. I did yeah. some some work on the neck. <coughs> I hard. mean, they
1: all they all play hard and have high action.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it it plays, it sounds good. Um, That's awesome. Uh, a set of basically a set of strings and some elbow grease got it cleaned up, got it playing, and it's a good usable cowboy chord twelve string.
1: That's killer. It, it
0: absolutely is. Uh, I brought it home and immediately rocked out the album intro version for Maggie May. I was like, yes.
1: Of course. Can finally
0: play that correctly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's better than like the, uh, what's the other one that everybody does? Um, on a steel horse I ride. That's the normal. Yeah. The, play some... the
0: action is not going to allow me to play that riff on that yeah, guitar. Yeah, <laughs> that's too high. It, that's not happening. Yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely played that song a bunch in bars. Never with a 12-string cuz I'm not taking a 12-string for that song. <laughs> it's just not happening. I'll we're going to turn it down for a minute, boys. I'll just put some chorus on, like, like, it'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Um the best heckle I ever got was I was in a metal band and I'm not a lead player, but I was trying to like so we were in a shreddy kind of 80s metal Swedishy band. And um, I was trying to do a solo, and uh, this dude, it, so we had this song had a really catchy chorus for a metal song, and <laughs> um, and in the middle, there was a chunk where I tried to play a lead, and this dude, like, I'm like, <coughs> beep, beep, pop, beep, pop, pop, trying to get through this solo <laughs> terribly, and uh, and this guy, I just hear him yell from the back, like, hey, don't bore us, get to the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> two three four and then we jumped into the chorus oh that's
0: so good i need that on a t-shirt now
1: don't bore us get to the chorus yeah.
0: y'all be looking it might end up in the teespring store
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: yeah that's a that's a that's a cool slogan i'm gonna put that on something yeah but for 20 bucks and a set of strings i was like seriously
1: i'll take that all day long 20 yeah that's that's fun man
0: 20 bucks Well, I'll tell you what, we've been talking for a while. We're going to wrap up the regular episode. And uh, listeners, uh, make sure you check us out on social media. Go to our website, 40WattPodcast.com. Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash 40WattPodcast, where for $5 a month, you can get all of the bonus uh, Patreon-exclusive content, like the episode we're about to record where I'm going to try to talk Jeremy into giving us his three best tips for buying and selling used gear. So we're gonna uh, go crazy. Oh yeah, it's gonna be nuts. I'm gonna I'm gonna get them to to give you some insider stuff that you don't get anywhere else. So go over to Patreon, subscribe. You can get that content. It is available as you're hearing this. So uh Jeremy, appreciate you coming on. We're gonna talk a little more. Uh this
1: was so fun.
0: I, I love it. I, I we need to do this again. It'll have to happen soon. Maybe it can happen in we'll we'll plan a trip to Nashville. We'll just go hang out Yes. And we'll video some some guitar hunting in the stores there
1: yes absolutely we'll go hang out with my boy Bo and carter vintage and we'll I, see some cool stuff
0: carter's my favorite favorite guitar store in the in the country i'm going there next week actually i'm, I'm scheduled Man, to go in i here, need so. to go to
1: yeah we need to do that let's go to chicago i oh. haven't been to chicago music exchange so i got to change that
0: i've been there and it is on actually chicago music exchange is the first place i played a novo and so okay that back That's when they awesome. did dealers you know back when they had dealers and that was like in 2016 yeah. That was like a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and then I had to watch Ret Scholl playing his Novo all the freaking time, and then yeah, I jerk. had to have one jerk. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up. I appreciate y'all hanging out with us, listening, watching, whatever you're doing. Remember, uh, rate and review the podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, thumbs up, leave a comment for the algorithm, as they say. Uh, I appreciate your support in any way that you do it. Share us with a friend. Tell somebody else that you know that loves guitars about this podcast. If all of our listeners Absolutely. told one person about this podcast, that in and of itself is is as great a support as I could ask for. In the meantime, y'all be good to yourselves, be kind to each other, and try mm-hmm. to make some noise. This episode is brought to you by the supporters of 40 Watt Podcast over on Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash 40 Watt Podcast, where for as little as $3 per month, you can help support the podcast and get every episode ad free. For $5 a month, you'll get every episode ad free as well as a bonus episode every week. I can't overstate how thankful I am for the support of my patrons and hope you'll consider joining the team and helping keep this show on the road.